Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, yes, people, Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate. And listen, uh, we are here this week talking about Cher's 1991 album, Love Hurts. Um, will it be a classic? Fuck it, who knows? Um, mm, I don't know. How are you feeling going at this? Don't know where you're at with Cher, really. Um, I don't mind her. She's all right. You'll find out more about this. We talk about it in the podcast. Uh, I am just about over my jet lag now. Uh, thank you so much for Christopher doing the intro last week. I was absolutely fucked. Just come back from America, where I spent basically 10 days at theme parks just being an absolute low rent fucking redneck I loved it mate loved every second of it saw the new Star Wars world loved that um, Galaxy's Edge can't recommend it enough if you're a bit of a Star Wars nerd nerded out at the Harry Potter stuff as well because you know why not why wouldn't I I've had a very lovely time um, what else has been going on just been uh, trying to gig a little bit writing my new show for next year trying to break the ground on that it's uh, hard work slow work but getting there uh, hoping to do some new material shows up and coming soon I'm going to finally get my website up at some point and then I'll start linking to that uh, and you can see where I'm going to be gigging um, what else has been going on I've uh, been working harder on the Edge Comedy. Had a really busy one last week, as you know. Always, uh, this podcast is brought to you by On the Edge Comedy, which is Brighton's best new act, new material night. It takes place on the first and third Fridays of every month at the Carolina Brunswick Pub. Uh, if you are a listener to this podcast and you come along, uh, give me a shout if I'm on the door, and I'll let you in for half price. So uh, there you go. That's the way that's going to work from now on. Uh, just say uh, pop collaborate and listen to me, and I will sort you out. Uh, if you don't know who I am, I'm the one called Dave. Uh, I've got glasses and a beard. Uh, you can find me in all my social medias if you ask uh if you say that dave said it and i'm not there fuck knows if you'll get a response so I, what do i do i just run the thing i don't know anyway come along we've got uh, we've got the, we've got some great lineups coming up we really do uh 20th of december is on sale now that's my birthday special um that's always a really really big one i've got some special guests on that one i'm not saying who i've got at the minute but uh needless to say they've been on telly which is great anyway uh without any further ado i'm gonna crack on with this podcast big shout out to everyone that's been in contact with us uh on twitter and all the various other social media platforms. We'll get some nice chats on on some of our uh, stupid photoshops that we put up. I say we put up. Krista does all the work on here. Uh, I do come up with the stupid ideas sometimes. Anyway, guys, without any further ado, let's crack on and let's hear what we've got to say about Cher. Welcome, people, to another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. My name is Dave Fensom. I'm Christopher Greer. Oh, we're here. Man, whereabouts in the year are we now? June. 
Okay, so we're halfway through 1991. 1991. Okay, I guess I should, if you're the first time listening to this podcast, I, should, I guess I should fill you in. Uh, what we do on this podcast is we listen to every UK number one album of the 1990s in order. The reason we do that is because we listen to a lot of alternative music in the 90s. We pretty much ignored the charts, so we wanted to find out what the rest of the world was listening to. And mm. what were they listening to this week, Christopher Greer? Uh, this week, they were listening to Cher. Cher. Yeah, and her Love Hurts album. Love Hurts. Yeah. yeah okay, so this, man, this was, this was Cher's 20th studio album. Fair enough. Uh, you, you can assume that she probably had a run of albums in the 80s that you maybe never heard of. Yeah. You know, but 20 is a lot. She has kept it going. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. She's dedicated herself to that. Yeah. Um, so, yes, this is, I mean, I can't, I can't say I've ever heard this record before. No, not at all. I don't remember it being out. I think it's as well. This was number one for six weeks. Six weeks? Six was weeks. Really? This was number one until the 3rd of August. So wow, going... I do not remember it being this big. No. Um, whenever I was listening through it, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember that single. Mm. And obviously the Shoop Shoop song, which has been tacked on at the end. I remember yeah. that. But no, the rest of it, completely well, I, think I, mean, I do remember, though. I do remember Cher being enormous around this time. It, well, uh, yes. Um, I was obviously... I didn't care because, like we said just now, we weren't listening to stuff like Cher. No. And so I didn't give a shit. Uh, it was, you know, in the top 10. It was number one for the Shoot Shoot song. But I didn't care about what else was happening well, in I mean, Cher's life. I'd say, like, maybe a few years earlier, like when, you know, like 89, when, uh, not a whole back time, what's it called? Uh, turn Back Time. Turn Back Time. Yeah, I think Turn Back Time. Turn Back Time, just like Jesse James. That When that came out, mm-hmm. I remember, like, my, my good mate Lee Vincent, who I don't think listens to this, his parents, like, were... A little bit younger, and they were like big into like Cher and Bon Jovi and that kind oh, of. Oh right, thing. well she was. This was her third album for Geffen. Yeah, and it was her final album for Geffen. But the the run of three that she did was her kind of reinventing herself as that soft rock, uh, rock and roller, a la Bon Jovi, etc. Yeah. And it did really well for so, her. So I mean, let's. There's not long between. I mean, bear in mind that this came out and was a number one in, for Geffen, mm-hmm. and we're only talking about a, like really a matter of weeks until Geffen put out. Uh, Nevermind. Yes, yeah, absolutely. This was number one through to August, and Nevermind was released in I think September. Yeah, it's fucked up, isn't I it, know, man? man. Yeah. I mean, quite similar albums in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> There's parallels, I'm sure. So look, um, I, uh, before we start, I want to give a shout out to my friend Paul Christie. Uh, hello, Paul. Hey, how Paul. you doing? Uh, Paul got in contact saying he enjoyed the uh, yeah the Rhythmics episode. Um, obviously, he gave us a shout just to let us know that uh, Stevie Wonder played the harmonica on uh, There Must Be an Angel. Yeah, good so, pop facts. Good like pop it. facts, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so I guess the other thing we need to mention before we start talking about this album. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, we're going to use the word montage in this podcast. Well, I've got it noted a couple of times, that's true. Okay, yeah. let's, let's get into that. Just to let you know, montage is a night that Krista and I DJ. We do it at the minute once a year, pretty much. It's just a kind of a little bit of a... It's for fun. It's for fun. It's an, it's a it's our vanity project. Yeah. We go back and we hang out with some people that we used to hang out with all the time in Luton. Yeah, we uh, also DJ with uh, John Connor. Which oh, I, oh, fuck him. Shout out John Connor. He just plays Whitney Houston. <laughs> that's enough. That's no, we love John Connor. Big up John Connor. And yeah, basically... All all we do is we play nothing but 80 soundtrack music basically so it's i mean it's it's basically stuff that would have been in in movies in the 80s and stuff that sounds close enough to it, it exactly it's you know we we play a lot of stuff from top gun we play a lot of stuff from the karate kids uh, yeah exactly a lot of action based Precisely, Days of Thunder, all that stuff. Yeah. So, so I, I guess it bears saying that when it comes to uh, a bit of cheesy power ballad and rock, oh, we we have a bit of a soft spot for that. Oh, absolutely. I cannot deny that 
I love, unironically, I love a bit of that. Just, you know, proper fists in the air, sing along. Yeah. Just big, silly tunes. Yeah, I want I want to hear music that's made, that's sung by someone with a, a, a leather cut-off vest. Uh-huh. Uh, I, want see, I want a lot of hairspray. I want some highlights. Yeah. I, yeah, I want to be doing the fist grabs. Uh, exactly. That, yeah. That's what we're talking. So whenever we say in this uh, episode, oh, this would fit into montage, that's kind of what we mean. It's, it would yeah. fit into a playlist where it's between Kenny Loggins and Pete Cetera. Yeah. You know, it's, it's right at up there absolutely yeah, right. I wonder what Kenny's login is <laughs> there was a Viz strip that was Kenny's logins <laughs> <laughs> it was just like <laughs> danger zone one two three no <laughs> <laughs> because uh, um, you, you mentioned a couple of her early singles what what do you think what would your favourite share song be um, oh god you know I know that the kind of the correct answer would probably be something that she did with Sonny well for sure the 60 or Gypsies, Trumps and Thieves or yeah. what yeah the, the actual cool ones yeah but that's not my answer nah go on I, no I mean it's it's gonna be something like Turn Back Time I think that's brilliant that's I, a I fucking love that great song, song. yeah I mean, Turn Back Time is a brilliant stupid song yeah um, it, tell you what it definitely isn't uh-huh. It's that fucking vocoded one. What's that called? Oh, believe. Oh my god. No, I that destroyed it. a whole in genre of music for me. <laughs> a whole genre of it, music. Absolutely. The vocoder thing that she did and was then prevalent everywhere for the next ten years. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't listen. No. I think it's fucking awful. It's like uh, nails on the blackboard. Well, it's, it's now it's auto tune. Well, it's shit. Well, oh, well, that's an old man talking. I know. Like, you don't like your mumble rap? No. Oh, that's that's, <laughs> that's bizarre. You're not into your little. Uh, Whatever. Little everybody's no, I'm not. No. What's, your, what's your take on the uh, on the Takeshi six uh, nine beef? Um, I think if you have it as a wrap, it's quite nice. But if you make it into a patty, it's better as a burger. Oh, you, you like, I like a, I like a chicken oh, t- t- teriyaki. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snitches get stitches. Takeshi. Uh, yes. I bet he's listening to this. Oh, uh, he's well up on his uh, UK. 90s based podcast. I mean, to be fair, man, he's going to have to find himself got, a new fucking genre. So, he's got time. Uh, well, well, he hasn't really, has he? Mm-hmm. People he knows have, though. Yeah. Anyway, um, right. So no, turn back time, brilliant. Um, just as an aside. Oh, I'd say either turn back time or um, I would say just like Jesse James, but then I would say I prefer I find someone. Oh, okay. Yeah, Fair enough. Again, just another silly big rock ballad who, kind of thing. Who, who have you found? Is it Jesse James? Yes. <laughs> just like Jesse, Jesse James. James. Um, if I could turn back time, and uh, actually, uh, just like Jesse James, were both written or co-written by Diane Warren, uh, who we know, you know, massive yeah. songwriter. She just churns them out. Some of them are huge, huge hits. Yeah, she's sure. also very involved on this album we're about to do. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just giving you some examples of Diane Warren songs. Built this city on uh, rock yes. and roll. Uh, uh, classic. Yeah. Don't want to miss a thing. Don't want to miss a thing. Got to, I mean, we've got to mention one of our one of my favourite ever memories mm. of uh, you and me and a load of our mates all being look, went to see Aerosmith oh, at Download at Download uh-huh. Festival and all being very like kind of talking like muso dickheads we are about what songs we wanted to hear and whatever and all of us being like yeah I, I just I don't want them to play I don't want to miss a th- don't miss a thing I don't uh-huh. want to play that and I'm not interested in that and then turning around literally four bars into it and just seeing everyone <laughs> just kind of hand gripping yeah. and singing along <laughs> I mean, I, I, trying not to cry with emotion yeah never never been more embarrassed to be us in my life <laughs> and that's saying something and that is Jesus, saying something yeah. anyway right okay so uh, yeah, D- Diane Warren is very involved in this, the writing on this album as well yeah you can kind of tell what her songs are as well i think 
Uh, you think? To a degree, you can, yeah. But, but I think maybe a couple of them for sure. There's one I thought very sounded very unlike her, but yeah, that's true. Fair that's enough, true. fair enough. Um, mate, what I've also done throughout this is because it's a Cher album, mm-hmm. but Cher doesn't write songs. You know, she doesn't no. write her own songs. There are an absolute slew of songwriters and there is a fucking tranche of session musicians involved with this. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to have a wee look and see who's doing what on which songs. Uh, you know, if there's anyone famous doing guitar, blah, blah. So I'm going to kind of keep a little bit of a running commentary on that song by song. Yeah. I mean, we should mention as well that, that, um, that during her career, uh, Cher also recorded as, as herself, as part of Sunny and Cher. Yes. And then there was also that period where she uh, was doing material with uh, an impersonator of herself. Oh, you, I've got a different joke about this, you fucker. <laughs> oh, man, that's annoying. <laughs> share and share alike. Yeah, I was going to say she had a twin sister. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> ah, I just thought that on the fly as well. Oh, fucker. Uh, well, such is life. Never mind. Are you really upset about that now, aren't you? I was the only one I had. Is I was thinking I could just I'd try and come up with a load. And I went, no, nah, I'll just tell that one. Yeah, oh, well. Oh, well, never mind. Uh, right, let's do a wee bit of stats. So this album, it, it was number one from the 23rd of June to the 3rd of August. So six mm-hmm. weeks in total. Um, it sold 500,000 in the States, which is big. Mm-hmm. No, that's uh, yeah. certified gold. Yeah. So it's big, but it's not huge. But over here in the UK... Yeah. It was, for some reason, I don't know why, much, much bigger. It was okay. huge. I can only assume it was off the back of the Shoop Shoop song because that was out before the album and maybe there was extra maybe. interest. I don't know. Maybe. But it was number one for six weeks, like I say. It wasn't number one at all in the States. Um, and it was the best-selling album by a female artist of 1991 in the UK. Shit. Above everyone else. I mean, obviously, you got Madonna at the start of the year, which we've talked about, but that she didn't have enough in 91 to be able to claim that over here it sold over a million copies in the UK so twice as many as it did in the States and went multi-platinum so it was for some reason much 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 bigger over this way and it also sparked uh, the interest for a best of album to come out the following year yeah um, in 1992 which was only released in the UK because there was such, this such bigger reaction to this album, and that best of was number one for seven weeks in 1992. Yeah. So she's got a couple of years where she is riding high in the UK charts. Yeah, that's great. And there were loads of people. I don't know if you remember this story at the time. There were loads of people because when this album came out, yeah. it was released um, quite a high price point. Oh, I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a price price point. And then uh, a lot of people bought it, and then there was a, a big slash. The next week, they went went out for about. I mean, it went down to I think four ninety nine, and loads of people really complained. But at the end of the day, the um, the studio said, "Look, share prices can go up as well as down." Right, I see. Oh well, that's good to know. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm so pleased myself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Do you ever regret opening the floodgates to this? Dude, I haven't done anything nearly as bad as you in fucking this entire season. I know, but I just, I've got a really long memory. Oh, God. (laughs) This is the worst day. Okay, uh, I don't think I've got anything else to say really about the album, apart from the fact that there are, it's a 12-track album, and there are six singles off this, uh, across various territories, some in the UK, some in the US. Yeah. And one is the extra song, but uh, 
it's it's mental. I think that there are six singles off. I mean that that is milking it like a fucker. Also, four covers. Yeah, yeah. Four, four four out. Of, and bear in mind that uh, we're not even really counting Shoop Shoop song in that. Well, that is a cover though. That's one of the four. Oh, is that one of the four? Yeah. Oh, that's, um, that's my that's my bad. That's, I've done my. Research. All right, no, that, that's one of the four. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but you're right. Uh, but I suppose that makes. It's easy, as if, you know. Rather than pay some songwriters to write new songs, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, see who's got new stuff unreleased, you can't can't just go out and go. All right, what do you want to sing? Just do that one. Do that one. Do your version of that. Yeah, and when when you're selling albums, uh, it, it doesn't matter so much as when you're selling singles, because obviously there's a mm. whole. You know, obviously you only get paid if you've written. Yeah, but. yeah, and you know, I suspect share fans didn't give a shit. You know, no. I don't think anyone is going to. Uh, going to buy a Cher album going I hope this is full of original brilliance mm-hmm. they go I like Cher yeah. and this is a catchy song that's mm-hmm. all they care about often mm. often two people will just buy it between them though and then share it I'm, that's, I'm cutting that one out frankly oh, fuck that, you that's just that's terrible right I'm, I've had enough of this nonsense shall we start listening to the album for some, a bit more nonsense no no let's talk about the album cover Oh yeah, of course. Right, okay. Album cover. There's not. Where's other CDs? I mean, there is. There is really little to say about this. It is. We are a, looking at an actual CD, by the way, which I bought for one pound in a charity shop. One pound in a charity shop. This is Cher in what I presume is a wig. Yes, it is. It's a. I mean, it's definitely a wig. She's got a red-haired wig. Uh, she was also. She used that in some of the videos as well. Soft focus lights. Yeah. She's kind of got her, her, her heads, her heads, her hands above <laughs> her heads. Yeah. <laughs> her heads and heads. It's. It's, it's, a, it's a generic headshot. It's a very generic, generic headshot. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of light on her face, so I yeah. presume they took these photos quite quickly before it fucking started melting. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's a boring fucking album cover. Totally. And I mean, it, even though it says, you know, share love hearts on it, it's not in big letters. No. She, the focus is her face. It's just, there you go. Never, if you know Cher, you know her, and that's what you're getting. I think, I think, it's, a, I think it's a poorly composed album cover. It's not... Uh, I I agree. It looks right. like a single to me. Very true. There's there's no uh, pizzazz to no. this at all. And I'll tell you what, right? There's inside because I was looking through the, the liner notes to see if there's yeah. anything interesting in there, and there's not. Uh, but <laughs> one of the very first things, like in the thanks, is art direction in this. Right. right? There's no art direction on the photo. It's cack, and the back yeah. is just a, a bigger photo of her with the wig on, yeah. a full length body shot. The actual layout of in here with the lyrics and the credits for each song yeah. is impossible to read. Yeah. It's so badly laid out that I cannot imagine that anybody art designed this. It's fucking dreadful. And see, this is the advantage of when they taught this shit in schools. Well, maybe. So, you know yeah. what I mean? But anyway, yeah. right. right. So, yeah, no, so bit of a thumbs down for the album cover, yeah, I would say. A, I must admit, right, don't judge a book by its cover, obviously, but looking at the cover and having in my head share 1991, mm-hmm. I am trepidatious going into this. Are you the same? A little bit, Were yeah. you like, oh, fuck, what? Yeah. another one we got to do. This yeah, is gonna for, be no- for sure, man. Right. That's exactly where okay. I'm at. That's where I started. And, uh, right, okay, should we start into this? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so First track, number one. Number one is Save Up All Your Tears. Initial thoughts? I mean, we've got some power chords coming that, that's around. Journey. That's Journey, that's Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is Don't Stop Believing, yeah. And this, yeah. that's that sounds like Richard Marks. I mean, you know, wherever you are, yeah. whatever you do, let's. So yeah, big, big, 
yeah. soft rock. I mean, a lot of the conversation, I think, this whole album, just spoilers in advance, is just going to be talking about which bits of these songs yeah, sound like, like other songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. But this song is the living embodiment of predictable. Oh, yeah, no surprises. Okay. We've got... Apart from maybe going down a, not, uh, a key there. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, you know, it's... It's dipping into the power rock playbook. Yeah. Um, and it showcases her voice very well. She's she's got Cher. she's got share. She's got share. No, you said sure. I'm just saying. Oh, no. say fuck right, you. Okay. Um, this first song is perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, it was apparently originally recorded by Bonnie Tyler in 1988. Okay. Uh, so she did it first, and it was also recorded by Robin Beck in 1989. Okay. So this is not a new song, but those ones weren't big at all. They mm-hmm. were kind of album tracks or whatever. So it's another, this is Diane Warren one. Yeah. Diane Warren and Desmond Child, who, again, we're just going to hear their names a lot. And it was released as a second single, because yep. it is, it's a very radio-friendly song. Yeah, I, for me, this, this one has a lot of the elements that I like of this kind of song. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think there's a reason why it wasn't successful for Bonnie Tyler or for mm-hmm. Robin Beck. This isn't, at its heart, a particularly good song. The chorus is catchy enough, but it's yeah. not really... It, it, it kind of... It just falls short, I think, of being... It's not kind of histrionic or ridiculous enough to really kind of hit... No, it's a very simple, yeah, uh, soft rock, power ballad kind of thing. Like I say, it's very predictable. It's fine... I didn't take against it in any way, shape, or form. I right. enjoyed it enough. Okay. I quite liked this. I See, thought uh, this was okay. I, this, I was surprised. I was like, okay, track one. I actually think this is all right. And I hope the rest is like this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm. Uh, just be clear. I. I'm like. I'm critical of this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going. Okay. It's a swing and a miss a little bit. I think. Yeah. But I'm far more inclined to spend time with this than. 90% of the songs I haven't liked from the other albums we've listened oh, to. Yeah, no, I've got, this is, especially for someone like us who has, uh, you know, a bit of an Achilles heel for a silly song. Yeah. This is totally fine. Yeah, totally fine. Yeah, this yeah. is, this is, we'll never, I'm not going to be offended by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not ever going to go, fuck's sake, this is boring MOR nonsense. Yeah. Because I've got a soft spot for MOR nonsense. Oh, of course. Man. Yeah. Uh, in terms of who's on this, you got two members of Brian Adams' regular band playing drums and guitar. The bass is by a guy called Hugh McDonald, who is now the bassist in Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. And uh, backing vocals are by Richard Page, who is the singer and bassist for Mr. Mister. Nice. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a who's who a little bit. Of course There's a lot is. of stuff going on. And like I say, I think this is totally fine. I quite like this. Uh, I'm, I, whenever listening through a couple of times, this one, I was like, yeah, nodding along. Not bad, not bad. This is what I would expect from a share album. I tell you what, this does put in my head a little bit though. Yeah. For some reason, when when I hear this a few times, I get the uh, the hook from Everlasting Love in my head. Oh, Everlasting Love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I definitely see that. Everlasting Love. Ah. Oh, that is a good spot. Yeah. Okay. We should have had a drink, like drink every time you, you can spot another song's influence. We could have done it. It worked out really well for me. Yeah, and I've got to drive home. Yeah, I'm not drinking <laughs> you're driving. Um, the video for this, this is the second single, mm-hmm. um, and they've gone full out on the, the kind of sexiness on the, of this single. Uh, there's, she's like in three 
different revealing outfits all the way through it. There's one which is kind of a, a, a leather BDSM gothy kind of right. one. There's a, a lacy pink sort of baby doll negligee, right. and there's a lacy black corset. So, you know, and uh, you know, various. She's got the red wig. She's got a big black curly wig. She's all she over big black, black curly, curly wig. wig. <laughs> Yes, she has. <laughs> on her pubic chair. <laughs> oh! Um, uh, well, I'll tell you what as well, right? Like you say, this is her 20th album. She's been around a while. She's 45 when she's making this. Right. She looks good in that video. Well, she, she looks does. banging. I've, well, I mean, you know, there is only so much that kind of modern plastic <laughs> surgery can do, yeah. I guess. But, yeah, fair yeah. enough, mate. No, she's, she's, uh... right, you've got too much of a look in your eye. I mean, sh- waffles. Save, save me. <laughs> Okay, and also towards the end of this, there's like three different key changes. It goes up and up and up. Oh my god, this is bam, bam, bam. Yeah, mate, this this album should have been called Timpsons. There's so many key changes in it. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Fucking, I'm not joking, man. It really is. Yeah, it's fucking nuts, mate. (laughs) All right, well, I I like this one. I suspect I sounds like I like it more than you, but I was very pleasantly surprised on track one and in. I was like, okay, good. I'm. Not going to hate this as much as I thought it would. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right, so track two is the title track. Right, yeah. Track two is Love Hurts. Um, everyone knows this song, surely. Yeah, it's another big cover she's done. Which is the version you know the best? Nazareth. Of course. Yeah, standard. And this was a single as well. This was the third single. But only mm-hmm. released in Europe, though. I bet this did all right in Europe as well. Yeah. But yeah, like, this was first recorded by the Everly Brothers in 1960. Yeah. So this is, and has been done by sort of 30 or 40 different people. Yeah. You know, throughout history of music. And I don't understand why. Well, because you don't think it's a good enough song to, no, I don't. to merit I, this? Oh, I see what you no, mean. No, I absolutely... Look, and look, 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 I've got a really soft spot for the Nazareth version. Sure. Right? Mainly because it's in a scene that I really like in probably my favourite film. You know, Dazed and, Dazed mm-hmm. and Confused. I don't know how well you know Dazed and Confused. I've seen it a couple of times, but I know it's one of your favorite. Yeah, but it's there's, there's a scene and the, the like the younger lads are in like their last junior high disco, mm-hmm. and one of them's kind of getting off with this girl while this song plays, and the others aren't. Oh right, out, I don't they want to get out of there, and this song's fucking playing. I see, and it's it's wonderful. Okay, right. So you've I got. I was getting there, guys. Son, you wouldn't know what to do if you had a garden there. Right. Anyway, um, but I yeah. see. Okay. So I like it. It's, I don't think she's. I don't. I don't get that this is a classic song. I don't think it's a classic song. No, but maybe it's because it's not a big, huge standard. It's not, uh, let's say, total eclipse of the heart. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a world beater like that. Maybe because of that, that's why it's been recorded so many times because there isn't necessarily a definitive version and everyone can put their own slant Maybe. on it. I mean I just think I this, is, this is the song that if you're like a if you're in music sync and you're a film producer this is the song you use if you can't afford a little help from my friends. <laughs> I see. Because <laughs> it's got I mean it's got exactly the same kind of uh, like kind of keyboard notes in right. it isn't it? It's got the same kind of piano kind of Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you know, it, could be. But I mean, I, I quite, kind of like this version. Her voice sounds great in it. Um, it's yeah. kind of got those super cheesy Tapao synths. Yeah, it's very Tapao, isn't yeah. it? Well, feel- we should also say, by the way, that she recorded a version of this in 1975. Yes, she did on yeah. one of her. So this, she's almost 
covering or updating herself as well as covering a standard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and if anyone likes to update herself, it's Cher. Yeah, very true, yeah. <laughs> um, but look, for me, and I guess this is a reasonable criticism, I think, for this record in general. Right. But it is a couple of years too late, isn't it? Oh, well, this doesn't sound like a 1991 album. This is a, this is a, when you think about some of the stuff that we've got coming through this year, mm-hmm. you know, the, the kind of the newer sounding stuff, mm-hmm. uh, whether we liked it or not. Oh, when the last one we did was on Seal. Yeah. Which was all, you know, Trevor Horn production, weird stuff going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Enigma. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, and I, you know, but, you know, Jesus Jones, The Farm. Yep. All kind of the sounds of what's coming through and what's current. Yeah. This is a very much a 19... 19- like 86 to, to oh, 89 for sure. record for sure yeah i mean during this this album's recorded during uh her, the first year of her relationship with uh, richie sambora it is yeah i wonder if that's got i mean i don't think it has got anything to do with it i think it's just this is what she's i, I think it's what she likes doing and, and what has been successful for her the past yeah. two albums I, I see what you're saying it's not top tier you wouldn't put this on your kind of sing-along a montage exactly. favorites this song no, no matter what version of it yeah but I think I think she does a good enough job. I think it's I, I don't mind this. I don't think this is in my favourites on the album at all. No. I did read up that because uh, I was going, oh yeah, who's done other versions of this? Blah blah blah. And the Nazareth version, yeah, in nineteen seventy five, it was so popular in Norway, right? Which you can imagine, yeah. Sure, and there's probably not much else going on in nineteen seventy five in Norway. That it went to number one for fourteen weeks on their wow. singles chart. It was in the top ten for sixty one weeks. Wow. And. It is still the top single of all time in Norway. Fuck me. The Nazareth version of this, yeah. No, if you're Norwegian and listening to this, <laughs> and you'd like to explain yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? So, so 1975? 75. So this was, this was number one the entire year I was born. Yeah. <laughs> Because 61 weeks in the... Oh, sorry, sorry, top, sorry, ten. sorry top, ten, yeah. top 10. 61 weeks, that's a year and nine weeks. Yeah. That's fucked up. I know. That's, I mean, I thought Brian Adams was long. No, this is this is ridiculous. And I will say as well that it might have been in the top 20 or whatever longer, but I was looking up the Norwegian charts and they only did top 10s until 1995 and then they went to top 20s. Wow. So they, they probably just weren't even... Measuring it after that, after the 61 weeks. I mean, it's still in the top 100 now. (laughs) (laughs) Nazareth probably still touring this fucker in Norway. Uh, In terms of who's on this one, you've got Mike Percaro from Toto on bass, Jeff Percaro from Toto on drums, Steve Luthiker from Toto on guitar. Right, okay. uh, Steve Luthiker also produced quite a lot of this album, and Gunnar Nelson on backing vocals. Gunnar Nelson. From Nelson. Our our friend Chris Green's pal, (laughs) Gunnar Nelson. Indeed. So this is proper kind of M.O.R. royalty playing on this one. Absolutely. Yeah, this is all over. And uh, Jeff Percaro, who's like, an amazing drummer. Absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic drummer. He plays on about eight of songs on this album. He's all over it. And Steve Luthiker, like I say, produced quite a lot of their songs as well. So Toto, you know, is a big, big kind of yeah. overarching influence on I this. I mean, there's going to be, I mean, this album's going to have been recorded with a lot of budget, you would imagine. Oh, I'd imagine so. Yeah. yeah but if you're coming off the back of those other two off Geffen mm-hmm. and huge, huge singles and, you know, fuck it, your share, you, you're going to have an audience built in. Yeah, they're going to throw money at this. Yeah. Uh, next next one, then. Love and Understanding. So this was the lead single. But, uh, this was released in May of 1991, so it was before the album came out. 
another rocker. Yeah. Another Diane Warren one. Got to number 10 in the UK. Got to number one in Israel. Number one in Israel. Oh, there you go. Nice. nice. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. this is heavy on the cheese. Oh, ridiculous, yeah. Heavy on the cheese. But... Hear that pre-chorus, though. Like, the verse does nothing for me. Nah. But the bridge and the chorus yeah. is, is memorable. This pre-chorus yeah. is great. Yeah. Building up to it. And this chorus, man. Not enough. Yeah, I've got this. I remember this. Yeah, I, I remember this. I, I hadn't thought of it for years. When I heard That's it, I was like, oh, right, okay. You've got the strings, you've got the kind of the stabs underneath yeah. it, and you've got a like, really fucking great bit of backing vocals. I don't know, who's doing backing vocals on this? Well, you've got two people, one of whom I've never heard of, but she's called Laura Creamer. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one is Diane Warren herself. <laughs> Oh, fucking hell, I'm such a child. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, as soon as I saw it, I'll go, I'm making a note of that. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, or as our people call her, Laura Coffee, mate. Um, <laughs> Laura Creamer. Yeah. Her life must have been awful once she got to about 14. <laughs> yeah, bless. Anyway, yeah, I mean, look, this is a fucking banger of a tune. It's, 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 a, it's a great tune. I must have been, like you say, I hadn't thought of it since this, right? And I'm not even sure... If you played a bit of it to me, yeah, uh, maybe a bit without the share uh, singing because I'd recognise her voice, but I would go, oh, I know that tune, yeah, and I'd be able to get it's called Love and Understanding. I don't know if I could have told you it was Cher. Mm. It's, it's that far out of my head. I know what you mean, but I have written here. I'm definitely going to play this next time. Montage. Oh, I see. Right, okay. Dropping Add this like in. a motherfucker. I see. All the, you got all your classic soft rock, all your classic soft rock tropes, all in one uh-huh. useful package. Yeah. I mean, the only only criticism I've got is it's kind of got a bit of a strings outro. Right. It, sure. It, it gets a little bit David Copperfield for me at that oh, point. Oh, I see. Okay. I wondered if because I thought this was more string heavy than the other ones that we've seen so far mm-hmm. and had a, a bit of a different feel to it because of that I wondered if she was going for some of that kind of 80s Madonna feel so you were wondering is this your string theory oh nice nice yes yeah definitely definitely uh, I can see where you're coming I, from I thought with a that, bit yeah. of that um, but like you say I think the verse is pretty anonymous yep there's nothing much there to grab me mm-hmm. but whenever it starts to build and goes into the chorus there's your hook yes yeah, almost like the, the verse is your palate cleanser isn't yeah it? it's just whatever and uh, you know it's, that's what that's what these songs are for they're chorus delivery machines yeah aren't they? true yeah that's what you want yeah no i'm 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 big in at this so I'm, I'm ready for the revival of this pr- pretty terrible lyrics in it it's very very risible lyrics let's not talk but, about the lyrics on this record but no 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 i, mean, I haven't to be honest i mean to be fair this is a i mean I, I guess we should note that for i mean the album's called love hurts yeah and thematically, it is basically uh, an album of breakup songs. There's a lot of that, yes. So that's that's pretty much the the common thread through. So it's, I mean, it is worth noting that this is a thematic, you know, it is thematically together in that regard. This I wonder how Richie Sambora f- felt about that. <laughs> he got on board just after she'd broken up with someone yeah. and was, you know, recording this full album of, uh per me. Yeah, I mean, he was probably too busy playing the guitar with his mouth. Uh, yeah, and making millions and millions of pounds. Yeah, exactly. Would I be recording A Bed of Roses at this point? 91. Uh, it's a 92 album, isn't it? Yeah, is that the one with Always on it? Yeah. Yeah, that would be 92, I think. Yeah, we're, a, we're going to have to do that. A song that. that was remarkably never optioned for a sanitary towel advert. Strange. 
Bizarre. Um, I, I, right. Have you got anything else on this? No, that's me. I got, I got a thing. Right. There's a little bit of a piano in it. That bit of piano there. Doo, 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 doo. Right? Mm-hmm. I had in my head, that reminded me of something. I was going, fuck, what is that? What is, what is that? And I was like, I'll hold the phone. Johnny hates jazz. Oh, Turn back hell. the clock. Jesus Christ. Good <laughs> spot, man. I think, and it took me a while. So yeah, yeah. Uh, for some reason, I got the Johnny hates jazz bit, right. but I was thinking of whatever their other song is. And it took me a while to go, Oh no, it's the other single. Oh, Turn up. back the clock. Mate, good for you. That's yeah. that I'm impressed with that. I'm right. gonna... We we all drink for that, I believe. Absolutely. If, if you're uh, you know, listening to this at home, have a drink. If you're listening to this while you commute, have a drink. But I was yeah, I I think that's okay, that tune. Fair play. Yeah, nice. I no, I I I think that one's I think that one's great. That would be your favourite so far, obviously yeah. then. Right, nice Absolutely. One. Cool. Right, so next one is called Fires of Eden. Fires of Eden, there's a fucking title. I mean, that sounds like kind of balanced Chicago stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I put here fire, file under album filler power ballad. Right, sure. And this is a cover version. Oh, is it? But it's a cover version, but it's it's a cover version of a song that wasn't big at all. So basically, what what that means is it's been re- recorded by a few people, and none of them were as, as well known yeah. as Cher. Whatever. That's a good chorus. It's okay. No, I like the chorus. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this doesn't do it for me. No, I think the, the, I mean, I, I think that's a, a, a solid chorus. Yeah. But yeah, you got that kind of yeah, kind of rising that's vocal a step out there. up. Sure, but it's, yeah, it's I, mean, I, prefer, I prefer that one to the first track. Oh right, oh I prefer the first one. Right. I think okay. the verse is very dull on this one. Yes. I kind of get a yeah. fairly strong Nightmare on Elm Street soundtrack vibe from some of the synth sound oh, nice. choices. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's and, a good thing. And I've written here, the spoken word bit can eat a big bag of <laughs> snack-sized dicks. <laughs> snack-sized dicks, though. Yeah, snack-sized dicks. It's kind of like the Halloween. You've got to have something to hand out exactly. the door. And look, the point of this, right, though, is... This isn't a great song. No. This is an album track. Yeah. I, I like the chorus. I, th- I I like it well enough. Mm-hmm. As with everything on here, I'm happy enough to spend some time with it. Fine. But three minutes 42. Oh. Take note, people. Uh-huh. No, that's the end of the song. Oh, right. Oh, three right. minutes 42, oh, right? This is, this is beautiful for that. Yeah. This whole album. This It's like, you know, brevity, my friend. Yeah. There's not a song on here above four minutes 40, I don't think. No. No. Absolutely not. This is what you should be doing. Get in. Get your verse straight into your chorus. Yeah. Do your chorus a couple of times. Maybe have a guitar solo. Yeah, yeah. And fuck off. Get the it. fuck out, motherfucker. Yeah. This is pop music, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, okay, so you, I, I think this is a bit of a non-event for me. I, I didn't get anything from this one. I'm getting the impression that our opinions are probably interchangeable between tracks number one and number four. Here. Fine. Yeah. In, that, in that, for me, I thought the, all of these songs, first four, are absolutely fine. Mm. Right? There's, there's not one on here oh, that no. I'm like, this is... I oh, mean, look, God damn it. to say none of these are stinkers means it comes with a big caveat of I'm fine with this kind of yeah, thing. Right? Yes, you have to come from our perspective to, yeah. to, when you're hearing us say that. Exactly, yeah. right. 
Um, and some of you have just lost all faith in us. <laughs> yeah, right? I appreciate it. Exactly. Right? There's loads of people coming on from the REM episode going, oh, I'll try what these guys do next. Yeah. Ah, we're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. We, we have fooled you. It's a weakness. Yeah. It's a... <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, so uh, in terms of who this right, this one was written by a guy called Mark Goldenberg, who I'd not heard of before. Turns out he co-wrote Automatic for uh, the Pointer Sisters, and he also co-wrote Novocaine for the Soul with E from the Eels. Uh, that surprises me. That, I, I mean, to be I, honest, I'm surprised that someone was kind of popular enough after writing Automatic for the Pointer Sisters and then doing not very much else to yeah. still be asked to write songs. When the eels are coming up, anyway, that, that um, I'm, I'm also surprised that the eels weren't entirely altered. I'm surprised at that. Yeah, I thought it would just be just him, but apparently, well, that one anyway, right? Okay. Co-writing credit. Um, he's also written stuff with Andrew Gold before, who did Lonely Boy. Thank you for being a friend. Uh, Never let her slip away. Yeah, and was also in Wax, building a bridge to your heart. Wax. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he is playing guitar on this one. So I can only assume that. Your man, Mark Goldenberg, who wrote this, mm-hmm. has said, oh, why don't you just get my mate, Andrew Gold, to, yeah. uh, to play on this and get get a little bit of a job. Um, it's got Jeff Procaro on drums, again. Yep. Oh, and oh, sorry, other co-writer is a woman called Kit Hain, mm-hmm. who uh, is from Cobham in Surrey, so, you know. Yeah, exotic. But she was one half of Marshall Hain, who did the song Dancing in the City in the late 70s. Not sure I remember it. Well, play us a little bit, Chris Green. Yeah, I will. That's the chorus. Do you remember that at all? No, it's not oh, really that, I, I remember this from when I was four or five or something. Yeah. We've just begun to have fun tonight. Marshall Hayne, anyway. One half, Marshall Hayne. Dancing in the city. Dancing in the city. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure there'll be some people who go, oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, but that's all I have. It was recorded in 1990 by Judy Collins, which is why it's a cover version of inverted sure. commas. But uh, that version didn't do anything and was presented, obviously, to share as, why don't you stick this on yeah. your album? As, uh, you know, again, it is just a filler. It's, why not do this? It'll take up a track. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, that's fair enough. Cool. All right, lovely stuff. So let's take a quick break. Yes. Let's have a look at... Albums. Some albums. Some albums. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's have a look and see what uh, is going on in the albums at the minute. What I've done is I have taken a snapshot the week of the 21st to the 27th of July yep. for this one. So it's uh, kind of it's towards the end of the run at number one for share, but it means that there's a lot of new stuff that we. I'm doing albums and singles in the same week, so there's a lot of new stuff. Uh, number 10 this week is uh, Beverly Craven's self-titled album. Number 9 is Eurythmics' Greatest Hits. And number 8 is Tom Petty's Into the Great Wide Open, mm-hmm. which is the first time we've seen that. Uh, number 7 is Bette Midler's Some People's Lives. Couldn't tell you, but yeah. I'm assuming it's got that song off Beaches on it. Mm, wind wind Beneath My Wings. No. Oh, God. Is that? Maybe. Maybe. But I don't know. Uh Number six is R.E.M.'s Out of Time, which we've done. Number five is Seal's Seal, which we've done. Number four is Paula Abdul's Spellbound. Yep. Did you have that? I didn't. I, I kind of wanted it, I right. think. But it was kind of... Did you of... have the previous one? Yeah. Because I know we've talked about Paula yeah, I had, Abdul I had, I, had the, I had the previous one, which is Forever Your Girl. Right. And this is, I mean, this is kind of illustrative of that. This is the point where my want list starts becoming more rock and hip-hop. Sure. 
and the stuff I end up actually buying is, I mean, slightly more credible depending on your definition. No, of for credible. sure. Yeah. Well, here's us, you know, saying yeah. nice things about a share album, but I know what you mean. I know. Yeah. No, whenever you were 16 and actually deciding, am I going to get Paula Abdul or am I going to get NWA? Yeah. It went that way. This is what a strange decision to make. Well, indeed. Uh, number three is Essential Pavarotti 2, which we're ignoring. Uh, number two is The Jam's Greatest Hits, yeah. uh, which we don't need to do, do anything about there. And then this is Cher at number one. Other albums out in the six weeks that Cher was number one, though. Mm-hmm. Van Halen's For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. What a terrible title. Yeah. It's childish nonsense. It's so bad, isn't it? Well, it's in the same way as that Britney Spears song. Uh, Oh, if we call it If You Seek Amy, people, you know, get it because it's a dirty joke. Yeah. Yeah. Let's grow up. I mean, it's it's like as if Spinal Tap never happened at that point. It really is. Yeah. Well, why are Van Halen still happening in 1991? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was at six form college. People that were massive Van Halen fans, people still painted Van Halen on their leather jacket at that right. point. So you know, yeah, I mean, you know, you can't underestimate the uh, the legacy of Van Halen. No, really. absolutely true, absolutely true. I'm just, yeah, it got to number twelve that album as well, that Van Halen album. I mean, I'm amazed it was that low. I would have thought you thought top ten. No, I, I would, I'd, have, I'd, I'd have thought still top ten for, for, right. yeah, for on just on fan base alone. But well, I'll tell you what, you might be surprised at then because. Uh, Peaking at 35 in this period was Vanilla Ice's Extremely Live. Well, I don't think I'm that surprised. I thought that would have got higher. I thought that would have got top 20. No, you got to remember. Even it, it's a live album. And at this point, though, he's about, you know, he's on about two or three flopped follow-up singles. Oh, that's true, yeah. You, you know, Vanilla Ice had... Especially in the UK. Uh, yeah, in the US, like, you know, the follow-up singles did some business right. enough to sustain that movie. Yeah, Jesus. He was very much one-hit wonder in the UK. That is true. Yeah, all right, that's a fair point. Uh, well, as I say, I mean, I think he had another two top 40s so it depends what albums or singles singles oh singles they were top 40 because we've we've mentioned yeah. them in here yeah but yeah I mean like nothing else bothered the top 10 for the oh. best of my knowledge nah I still enjoy that little the t- the rundown we did of Vanilla Ice's awful awful chart history in one of our podcasts <laughs> in season one uh, yeah, there was so much rubbish the, Ice Ice Baby the Zumba version <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> fucking Zumba uh, uh, peaking at number four Alice Cooper's Hey Stupid Yep, which was a big one. I remember that yeah. coming out actually. Well, that's I, I mean, didn't that, have it. Right? I mean, that's the Hey Stupid's the one with uh, Poison on it. I think it? so. Yeah, yeah it's, that's a great record. Yeah, and I'm assuming it's another one where very few songs are actually written by Alice Cooper at that point. It's probably getting songwriters in to do the big ones. I couldn't tell you to be honest with you, but it was a big album anyway. Yeah. I remember that at that time because he was touring, obviously, you know, as he always does. Um, people I knew went to see his show in Belfast, like you know adult friends yeah. I went to see it and said it was fucking incredible I bet it was Yeah, I bet it was I was very jealous I didn't I, see that I'd still go and see Alice Cooper I w- I'd it, see him at a festival yeah, exactly. I wouldn't pay £80 to see him at Wembley well yeah I wouldn't I mean I'd, I'd buy it Brighton Centre I'd go like 30 quid or something 30 quid yeah. done Yeah, absolutely Alice if you're listening yeah. stop playing golf get Come. your price point ready yeah uh, picking at number 44 LA Guns with Hollywood Vampires do you know, I remember that album title very well, yeah. just because it was heavily advertised on the back of comic books. And being oh, a comic book guy, I was... Oh, because it's called Vampires. Yeah. So uh, they chose that. Well, no, I just think because... No, is that why they targeted comics? Well, I, I would imagine if LA Guns were selling records to comic book fans at that time. True. Yeah. Friendless virgins. Probably true. Probably right, yeah. And you're friends with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
main source released Breaking Atoms at this mm-hmm. time, which is a kind of a, a relatively not seminal. Seminal's not the right word, but it's a very, very well respected hip hop album. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. And Leaders of the New School released A Future Without a Past, which I think was their debut. Yeah. Ninety one. The thing is about Leaders of the New School record yeah. is they're kind of for the most part they're notable for having Buster Rhymes in. Oh, that's the only thing people they're, remember. They're not great records. They've got a, no. I've got a couple of singles that I've bought. You know, in the past year, and had no idea at the time. Yeah. Uh, they're fine. They are pretty good. They're, yeah. they're a nice big boom bap style. But if you ask anyone, what do you know about them? Oh well, that's what Buster Rhymes started. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the only thing. Uh, the big one, though, for me in this period was Therapy's Baby Teeth was released mm-hmm. and obviously being from Belfast and then being from Larne which is near Belfast but they were you know always called a Belfast band this was a big deal over over Northern Ireland as a, as a total thing yeah, yeah, yeah. and I still think because it's a mini album it's only seven songs and it is raw it's very very underproduced because they had no money all that stuff I think it's fucking brilliant yeah I, I was I always had a bit of a I don't know I, I, I took against therapy mm-hmm at the time. I don't know why. Right. Uh, and I've never really gone back and re-evaluated that well, stuff. Even and for, loads I mean, of people like, I know one. Or do you mean whenever they release like Steve Grinder and yeah, the I mean, I, Scream Major oh. and Trouble Gum, that, that was a kind of the era that I was aware of them. Oh, I see. Oh, you see, I, I think they are pretty lame. Yeah. I mean, no, Scream Age is a fairly solid song, I think. Can't be arsed with it. Yeah, fair enough. But right. that's probably because I love Baby Teeth and Pleasure Death, which is a follow-up yeah. one. And they are so different mm. so it's a totally different band I couldn't I couldn't tell you I've ever listened to either. what's the other one Nurse was one of them wasn't it as Nurse, well? yeah Nurse was the one after but Nurse was the first long album right. proper album and then uh, Trouble Gum couldn't tell you I mean I couldn't tell you I've uh, I've ever really listened to and there, there, there are people I know that listen to this podcast that will probably write in and tell me why I'm I idiot. see okay I think you'd like Baby Teeth and Pleasure Death yeah because they are dark and horrible and gritty albums as opposed to the more polished pop rock stuff that they did later on. One of these days I will do. I'll sit down. Yeah, never know. Check it out. Good. Right. Okay. Well, that's all I have for albums this week. So it's... It's not like a couple of weeks ago where we had the the Eurythmics one. No. Every fucking album in the world. Well, that was you could see the sea change coming in that ten week period. Yeah, exactly. No, so we're not we're not seeing that. But we're still talking about a a six week period, and you know we've got Main Source in there and stuff like that. Oh yeah, there's some good stuff in there, but it's not as groundbreaking. Sure. No, but it'll do. It'll do. Right, let's crack back into this then with uh, "I'll Never Stop Loving You." Oh, that is a guitar that is searching. <laughs> Sir, for what? Who knows? But it's searching. Let's have, let's have a look. Oh, it's yeah. a, this Brian Adams guitarist again. A guy called Keith Scott. And wait a minute. Where are these? Oh, those power chord oh, that accents. Bit, yeah. bam, bam. I, just, I just wrote, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a, a kind of a lighters in the air one for a live show, I reckon. I mean, this, this, I mean, to me, this feels like, you know, this is an X Factor song for whoever the rock contestant okay, is. Okay, yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Like if you ordered a pizza with, and it came with this much cheese, you'd send it back. <laughs> right? You would. This is a trois from a quattro from a I mean, Absolutely, mate, absolutely. But you know, 
I mean, you've got some key changes in this as well. Oh, you do as well. Into that last chorus, a big old key change going on. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. This falls just right within that sweet spot of ridiculous. Okay. Uh, I find this ridiculous enough that I really enjoyed this one. Oh, did one. you? Oh, I, did. I can't say I really enjoyed it. Oh, I, re- I mean, yeah. like, I, I'm, I'm not saying to you, I think this is a great song. Sure. But uh, you had a good time. It, it raised a smile several times through it. And I was like, yeah, Fair. this is, Fair. this is stupid. Oh, it is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous in every way. Um, and I was trying, what is the, that, that, Opening guitar lick, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was going to go into all the young dudes. Because <laughs> I'll just, just play that bit again. Send me your nudes. Yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's quality, very, very soft rock, this one. Oh, yeah, exactly. This, I mean, this is right, right on the, the cusp of almost being lava. What's softer than rock? My erection. Oh dear God, <laughs> God! <laughs> uh, it was written. It was co-written by David Cassidy. Yeah. Uh, as in David Cassidy from the Partridge Family, the seventies. Uh, he also released a version of it himself the next year, and it had been recorded by Hart in the previous year. Okay. And released uh, only as a bonus. Uh, oh, I can hear Hart doing. Oh this, yes, so it was amazingly. on a bonus, uh, uh, J- Japanese version of Brigade. Okay, let's play the next song. Uh, have you got more on this? Uh, no, I mean, okay, this is, like I say, it's the Brian Adams people getting on guitar and drums. It's Richard Page from Mr. Mr. on backing vocals, and it's Hugh McDonald Bon Jovi on bass. So it's that little. I love pocket. that you've gone into this much detail. Oh, mate, there's so many songs. different ones. Yeah, exactly. So I, I had to keep track. Hugh McDonald. Hugh McDonald. That's not a rock name, is it? No, that's that's a that. I mean, that's definitely a Scottish name. Yeah, it really is. Now I got nothing else on this. All right, let's listen yeah. to one small step. Right. Then. So this is track number six. Bit of a bongo drum intro. We're shuffling. Yeah, I mean this. I think that sounds like Broken Wings, Mister Mister's Broken Wings. That, oh, okay. That's soft. See, I'm getting a bit of a uh, of a yellow vibe. Oh, really? Or maybe, okay. or maybe a Yan Hammer vibe. Right, that sounds right. Oh, weird you should say that. Yeah. Because this is one of the writers on this one is a woman called Wendy Wallman who co-wrote Heartbeat with oh, Don Johnson. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's definitely a Miami Vice feel. Right? Yeah, yeah. It is. It's a, kind of that pulsing beat behind it. Yeah. This is probably the least generic song on the album. This is an outlier. Yeah. yeah. I like that doom, 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 that guitar bit. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah. And it's also the only duet, proper duet on yes. there. Which is actually Richard Page from Mr. and Mr. doing the, the other vocal. Some interesting like, vocal stretches and stuff in this as well. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a guitar synth sound. Drums in. I actually put this one is a bit too short. I, I could listen to this. This is my favourite song so far. I, I like this one I as really well. like this. I absolutely really like this. I think the, the, the two voices work really well. I think her, his voice works brilliantly. That's classic yeah. fucking rock uh, harmonising going on. Yeah, like I said, the driving rhythm. Keep on going. Yeah, again, this is a montage song for me. This is a great song. I really like this. <laughs> I've, play, I've played this a few times, just just for myself. I mean, is it a great song? Or are we just held hostage to everything else that's going on? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, 
I can't say I'm going to put this on some compilations for myself. But I might do. Yeah, I know. I might do. I know. Yeah. It's definitely the one that if someone said to me, surely, sure you can't like anything on that share album, I go, okay, okay, but check this out. It's, it, this almost feels like getting caught with a Jeremy Clarkson book you've enjoyed <laughs> on your bookshelf, isn't it? That's kind of what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with the things he said about Greta Thorburn, but look, <laughs> the he makes a couple of good points about the government. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, there's another one where it's Jeff Beccaro on drums, Andrew Gold on guitar, mm-hmm. and like I say, Richard Page from Mr. Mr. On, on vocals. Nice. I think this works really well. And like you said, it doesn't sound like anything else on the album. No. I think this is, yeah, this is, this is, uh, a solid track yeah. I, I enjoyed this one. I could absolutely see this I reckon if you released this in 1986 yeah. it would have been a, an actual hit rather yeah. than just an album track because it sounds like Miami Vice or that that sort of style of thing Beverly Hills Cop bit of Harold Faltermeyer and this, and this is the interesting thing as well You know, obviously when we listen back to these records out of context of the time mm-hmm. and we've talked about it a little bit it is you know, we, we, this is us going back and listening to that retrospectively. So maybe this would have been more jarring at the time. Maybe this would have been a True. lot more old hat at the time, or whatever. I, I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. Right? right? Yeah, you'd have decried this for being uh, too retro. Yeah, but maybe. I mean, mm. but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I did enjoy this track. I, I really did, really did. Right. So next track is called "A World Without Heroes." Yes. Right. And this is not a cover version. Oh, yeah. We've got some atmosphere going on here. Oh, it's dramatic. Mm. Too dramatic. <laughs> and so this is a Kiss song. Yes. It's her version of that. And this has Richard Marks on back vocals. I know I mentioned him at the top, but this has actually got him on uh, BBs. It's got a, da- a guy called David Pesh on keyboards. Oh, that. I know, that, that's a good chorus. Is it? I think this is, this is a quality chorus. This is... I mean, this one is so overplayed. Oh, it's, it's, it's hilarious. It's overblown as well. It's, yeah. it's Phantom of the Opera style overblown. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. It's, it's, it's meatloaf kind of, gone mental. Yeah, dystopian sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. You can imagine this playing like as like in the love scene as the kind of the uh, the hero from the future gets with the uh, the slightly evil princess and there's okay. a, a chiffon thing playing there in a in a stone dungeon. Sure. Uh, someone outside is wearing a helmet. I don't know. Right. The, the, How is this going to get resolved? So I mean, what I think is quite interesting about mm-hmm. this as well. This obviously, like you said, this is a Kiss cover. Yes. Um, the original song. Is only two and a half minutes long, or oh, two minutes it? forty. Right. So this song is like an extra thirty seconds, uh-huh. right? And I thought, okay, what have they added to it? And it's basically all fade out. Oh right, because the last thirty <laughs> seconds of this song is just a fade out, and it's like <laughs> you haven't really added anything to ah, it. You just just you... done a little repeated yourself, and then gone. How do we stop? <laughs> Let's just get much quieter. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there is there is a guitar solo in there. Is it a guitar solo done by Steve Luthiger of Toto? I mean, it is the wankiest guitar solo. On, let, let's have Shall the guitar have solo. Is, I mean, on a on a record that is not shy on a wanky guitar solo, it is the wankiest of the guitar solos. Right, let's uh, play a bit of this. Yeah, 
yeah, there's there's some real facial emotion going on oh, when he's mate. playing this, I'm yeah, sure. He's, he looks like a spitting image puppet at this point. <laughs> this is, you know, like I say, it's the guitar from Total. He, he is not shy of a cheesy solo. Oh, he doesn't give a shit, mate. He's not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's that going I, on. I, I, I wish, I, I wish that was the story of Toto. Oh, I wish they were, used to be in Kansas. I wish they were all ex-members of Kansas. Yeah, I wish <laughs> that. <that's>, that, <laughs> we're not in Kansas anymore. Toto. Yeah. Anyway, um, but, but, well, the thing is, like you said, right? What else did they add? The last half of the song, because this is like a three-minute song. The last ninety seconds of it is just the chorus repeated five times. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you you definitely want that, don't you? That that does seem. Like, you've got no more ideas. I don't know why, why they've bothered with that, but I do like what it does into mm-hmm. the chorus. I think I like the drama. I mean... And I also like Richard Marx shouting, you don't know, every time at the end of each chorus. I think uh, I think we're... I don't know. It, it, it depends. Uh, uh, hmm. Is it because you have a, an intense dislike of Kiss? There is. Just kissing. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... I don't know what it is. I, I, uh, I, I, I do like it. Okay, but I don't take it seriously at all. Oh God, no! Like it's... how could you? Yeah, no, this is pantomime. I could see myself definitely at a live show. You know, proper getting into it because nice. I bet you there's there's real histrionics going on on stage. Could you could you see yourself doing an interpretive dance to it with chiffon? For sure, mate. Done. Wicked. I mean, that that would sell it for me if that was the video. Well, in that case, next time I come back here, bring your chiffon. Yeah. Wicked. <laughs> it's not uh, uh, Missy Elliott's on. Get yeah. your shift on. Get your shift on. Get yeah. your shift on. <laughs> shift on ya, shift on ya, shift on ya. Okay. Give me my shift on, I'm going to take it away. Um, yeah, okay, so the next one is, next one is Could Have Been You. And this was the fourth single. It's it, another stof, soft rock stomper, yeah. surprisingly. got that kind of unskinny bot bass. Oh, it does as well, actually, yes. Yeah, this only got to number 31 on single release in February 92, so it was well after the album. I think it, it, it did more poorly because of its Alan Partridge-esque lyrical tone. It could have been you. <laughs> Let's have a look at what you could have done. This, this, is, this is the one with, the, I think, it feels like the, the key shifts eight times during this song. Oh, I see, right, okay. I mean... Oh, what's that? Um, there's a Beyonce song in there. Is it Hey? Not Hey. Hey, I can't remember what it's called. But there's one where it just keeps going up and up. And this is, yeah, similar yeah. to that. Isn't it? You think it's gone as far as it can. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. Yeah. There's more, you know, there's more. Thanks, Jimmy Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think, I think this is very bland. I think. Yeah, uh, I, uh, this. Uh, forgettable for me. That, that's, that's very definition of an album track for me, this yeah. one. It's, I don't know it, why it was a single. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. No. It's single in the UK. Yeah, only only in the UK. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was uh, well Europe rather, only in Europe. But I mean, obviously, it got number thirty-one. No one really gave a shit by this no. point. No. Well, fucking sold a million copies. Everyone had the album. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I think it's you know it's cheesy, sometimes in the right way, but sometimes I go, all right, I can't be doing with this anymore. Um, but it doesn't have enough of a cheesy hook or anything to make me go. I'll give you a pass on this. Exactly. It's yeah. it's not it's not entertaining enough to justify yeah. its genericism. No, it, it is. It sits in that middle area where, you're like, well, why do I care? 
Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. Mm. Well, look, that's that's track. That's eight out of twelve. Okay. So, well, it's the singles time then, I guess. Yeah, but we'll see what's going on in the singles chart. So the week again is the twenty first of July to the twenty seventh of July. That's what we're looking at. Uh, number ten in the top ten is shares love and understanding. So we've heard that already. Number nine, though. Nice. Yeah. You remember this one? Yeah, yeah, of course I do. Shame and move any mountain. I really like this one. Yeah. Yeah, me uh, this too. Is, this is my favourite Shame and Sing. Oh, is it? Okay, I, I had a big soft spot for love, uh, LSI. Love, sex, intelligence. Oh, see, I really like LSI yeah. as well. Baby, you love sex intelligence. But I'll tell you what, right? Oh, it's, it's, it's how much of a dick I was in 1991. Right. I mean, you, you don't have to go too far to imagine that I was a dick in 1991. <laughs> but I was enough of a dick that I had heard the original release of this single the previous right. year when they called it Progen. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever this came out, I was like, it's not as good as the original. Oh, my God. Yeah. I like, well, oh, oh, this is a bit more uh, chart-friendly. They've sold out a little bit on this one. Yeah, I was that wanker. Wow. I know. In, in 1991. The shaman have sold out. Yeah. Fuck exactly. me. Because this was, I think this probably was their first kind of big top 10 single, wasn't it? Mate, you must have been apoplectic at Ebenezer Goods. <laughs> well, <laughs> rightly so, let's face it. <laughs> that is an abomination. <laughs> It's quite a Jerry Sadovitz in the video. I know, it's, and uh, that's the most disappointing thing he's ever done. Well, <laughs> I've seen him do some very bad jokes. Things. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, that's number nine. Number eight. And this was fucking everywhere. Oh, fucking more than words. More than words. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. The song that basically kept them in money from 91 onwards. I mean, I'd imagine they're still getting money from this. I imagine. That's the sort of thing... It was instantly, oh, let's have this at our wedding. You know, this is our song. Whenever you write into your local radio station, it's there. Oh, whatever you call them, those love song hours. That the DJ how how do you feel about this song? I really like it. So do I. Yeah. <laughs> it's really catchy. It's really catchy. It's I get fucking cheesy as shit. Oh, my God, but, it's cheesy as shit. But... You can't help but oh, sing God. along I, to it. I feel like we're going to just hemorrhage listeners I after know. this episode. I tell you what, though, I preferred Wholehearted whenever that came out. I bet you. this. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I did. I really did. Uh, number seven is Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark with Pandora's Box, which I don't even remember. Didn't nice. even bother looking up. Number six, let's see if you get this. Ringing any bells? Janet Jackson? No, but it's right ballpark. We've already mentioned her earlier. And this, I, I thought once you talk about her, you might not know this because you said you didn't have this, this album. I was put out dope. Yeah. Yeah. Rush, rush. Rush, rush. Hurry, hurry. Yeah. Right. There you go. That one. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's number six. Number five. We won't go too far into this because we're going to be talking about it at a different time. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. We're not actually going to be... Well, I suppose we are. Officially, we'll, we'll be mentioning it. Officially speaking, we won't talk... We wouldn't, but we're going to do this album. We'll do it briefly, I guess. No, we'll do the whole thing. What? Huge Illusion 2. Well, which one was number one? Number one. Right, so that, that's the one we're doing. No, we can't not do Usual Legion 2. Why not? Because it's got some of the best songs on it. 
So we're going to just do... Well, we, no, we can no, no, do we'll, 24 tracks. Yeah, we can. We can do two. Do a two-parter. Fuck Come man. on, we've got to do them. I'm, I'm, I'm digging my heels on this. We're doing both of those. Oh, my God. We're, fucking, we're doing them. They're good records. Are they? Yeah. Or do you like them? I like them. And there's <laughs> some... There's some like, look, if, are there 24 good songs? Of course there are. <laughs> are there 12? I'm barely, uh, yeah. right? But we're fucking doing all of them. Or we're done. Oh, God. Ultimatum. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll do them. I may not listen to all of them. No. That's not I'll the tell deal. you I have, so it's fine. Well, that's all right. I'll, I'll ask you probing questions. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's number five is Guns N' Roses, You Could Be Mine. Number four... And You Could Be Mine is one of the best Guns N' Roses. Oh, that's a good tune. Sure. I remember really liking this things at the time. Oh, my God. Things make you go... Oh, yeah. yeah, I did as well. See, 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 yeah, indeed. And, you know, listening to it now... Terrible. Oh, it's awful, yeah. Yeah. And is, is that sample from Was Not Was What the Dinosaur? Do, 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 do. It was I think it might like be. Yeah, I think it might be. Uh, I remember I had the 12 inch of that. I bought the 12 of that when it came out. I've got seven of it. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's definitely one of the ones I got rid of in various purges. Oh, I, I, I've, I've still got boom, boom, maga, laga, laga, yeah. boom, boom. Oh, boom, sorry. No, I meant like CNC Music Factory. Oh, God. Oh, no. I, I think my friend Lee had it. Yeah. I think he had the CNC album. Right. So I had the tape on I it. See. I never had the original. Well, no. It is one of those ones that novelty, Frank, absolutely novelty. Uh that's number that was number four. Number three is Jason Donovan's Any Dream Will Do. Uh number two and I never liked this one, but it was fucking huge. <laughs> Oh, Heavy D and the Boys. Yeah. Oh, I like this. Did you? Yeah. Never did. Never did. And it still gets, you know, talked about relatively I like nicely. Some... Never got it. Hey, you, you, you'll hear him, uh, you'll hear him, uh... what fucking track is it? Cause... Oh, it's, he's on a Naughty by Nature album. Because uh-huh. so, I went pop, but kill kept my ghetto past, and anyone who laughs can kiss my yellow ass. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, I see. I think that's on 1993, I think. Well, at least he yeah. owned up to it then, going yeah. pop. But that was a big album. That was number two in the charts. Number one, though, and this is going to become a recurring theme, I suspect. Oh, ho, ho. yes. This is going to be number one for ever. There's going to be quite a few episodes of this. It's going to come up in, yeah. Just play the whole thing and get so get, <laughs> get it over with. Yeah, no, if we, if we play the whole thing, then someone might pull down our podcast and we won't ever have to talk about it again. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that, that's number one in this week. Uh, the end of July. There, there is no one in the UK, like between the ages of about, I would say probably about forty and about seventy, that mm-hmm. didn't hear that song too many times. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you couldn't not if you were alive in nineteen ninety one. Yeah, you could not escape it. Exactly. Yeah, it was ever, and it was one of those ones where you'd watch Top of the Pops every week. Going, is it going to be a new one? Or you, rather, you listen to the chart run yeah. down on Sundays. Going, is it? Is it going to be something else? No. no, no, it's not. It's Brian Adams again. Yeah, yeah. And this was shortly, relatively shortly after you just had Whitney Houston number one for fourteen weeks. Yes, and then this was, was sixteen weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah, different times. Uh, okay, so that's your top ten. Other singles that were released in the six-week period. This one was a re-release from the previous year, but the previous year it didn't get anywhere. 
and so they brought it back out for 1991, and I remember really liking this. You remember this one? Yeah, is it like Maxwell or something? What no. Is it? it's, it's, I, I, know, I know what it is. Um... Mellow. Smooth. Ba-do-boo-wee. Ba-do-bee-wee-oo. I'm trying to remember who it was. I remember really not liking this. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Omar. Omar, that's him. Yeah. There's nothing like this. Yeah. So I've never dug this song. This was on the. Yeah. This is on in that Alita Adams camp for me. Oh, really? Oh no. I think this is this is enough out of that camp for me. It's more into the. I mean, it's more towards like the the brand new heavies or Young Disciples that Mm. sort of thing that was happening at the time. Yeah. And I was okay with it. mm, I really like that baseline. That's 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 like that kind of that kind of playground of kind of that jazz inspired kind of soul jazz mm. around there that can really go either way for me oh as we and heard it, on the soul the soul album yeah you know some of them bangers you got a great club tune some of them you've got courtney pine mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly uh, all right well that was out that got to number 14 mm-hmm. uh this one got to number 23 and we've talked about these before you won't like it but you'll absolutely know it because you've heard it in various clubs. And, you know, again, shout out to Sarah Price. Nice. And, and Helen. Oh, is that Sarah Fatman? Yeah, yeah. Carter. Uh, so this got to number 23 in this time period. The thing is, I think this was the Carter song I heard on Six Music the other day. I went, oh, I quite like this. I see. It's, it's, it's catchy. Anyway. It is catchy. Um, Vanilla Ice released Rolling In My 5.0, which yep. I looked up and there is only a live version and it's just awful of course so I'm not going to play it and it only got to number 27 actually as a single Mm -hmm. you're right it was no one gave a shit by this point Uh, there's one that I'm going to have to play off YouTube I bought this on single on release and then bought the album and I remember thinking I don't actually like this album very much take it back and get your money back I don't think I did because I never do I was like well I'll just file it away maybe it'll See, grow I, on me. I've got I, everything. I, I would take records back like five years after they'd come oh, out. <laughs> I mean, they are ripping off De La Soul. Something oh, is it PM Yes, it is. Yes, it Not, is. This, obviously, this isn't Set Adrift. What's, the, no. what's this one? This is the second single, presumably. No, I think this was the first one. I think Set Adrift was the, the follow-up, which got them more noticed. But this one's called A Watcher's Point of View. Right, I, th- I think this was the first single, and I quite liked it. So like, oh yeah, I'm into this. And then I did, because I didn't like... Uh, Set Adrift. And, oh, I see. Um, I like Set Adrift on Memory Bliss. I think yeah. that's a good tune. Um, but yeah, I, even as a, a kind of fifteen-year-old, mm. I smelt them out. I think. Yeah. PM PM Dawn. They always they always seemed whack to me. Oh yeah, and they are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, up there with the Dream Warriors. Yeah, and, oh, and, totally. and, and you know, Dream Warriors. Another I album get, I had and went. Oh, so. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, and I'll give Dream Warriors even a little bit more kind of props. Do you yeah. know what I mean that? Uh, the other the other one though. And this is a fucking brilliant. It's peaked at number 14. And the album it came out on was also released in this period. But as soon as I heard this... Yeah. Nice. I was like, come oh, on. fucking, this is such a good idea. Yeah. 
Come on, face. How low can you go? What death row? What about the good version? That is the incredible. The young animal, the young cannibal, the public enemy number one. I got none. I could have done a I never really had a gun. It's just a whack to the Terminator X fun. And now you got me in hell. Yeah, yeah, so good. So good. Um, because yeah, the album it was on was Attack of the Killer Bees, which is a compilation of B sides and shit. Yeah. Uh, this was obviously on the Public Enemy album that came out this year as well, yeah. Fox was ninety one, which we'll see later in the mm-hmm. year. But this was the lead single off that, and it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's it's to this day I love this best thing Anthrax ever did. It certainly is. Yeah, yeah, ever it, It's fucking wonderful, and I, I am just devastated that no one ever made that happen at a UK festival. I know. It's no. fucked up. It really is. Like I, uh, Andy Coppin, I love you, but mm-hmm. why have you never booked Come Public on. Enemy? Why have you never booked Public Enemy? No, for well, a it didn't, even, didn't even have to be Public Enemy because Prophets of Rage played a couple of years ago. You could have had Anthrax at that. I mean, we just made it happen. Yeah, we need that to happen, yeah, surely. Sure. Absolutely. But we know, you know, you know, you need Flav on that track as well. True. Do you? No, you do. You, if you want it to be right, you want Flav. Yes, we want flavor. I mean. If if it came to it and it was only Chuck D and Anthrax, they could get me up on stage and I'll do the Flav parts because I know this song inside. I I you know I will take on for the team and I will be Flav for a day. Uh, but we all know your history, Chris, and we'd have to stop you from blacking up. Oh well, stop me, try and fucking stop <laughs> me, try and stop <laughs> it out. Yeah, it would be nice if it happened, but like I said, I don't think it will. All right, but that's all I got singles wise. Not a bad week or not a bad. You know, period of time is not gold, but there's some bronze in there. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. But should we get back into the album? Yeah, we're on a home stretch now. All right, so track number nine in this share album. When love calls your name, mm-hmm. Krista. <laughs> that when Courtney Love calls your name. <laughs> no, <laughs> run away. No way. 80s sci-fi sparkles, I would describe that synth sound as. Ooh, a little bit Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, sure. One of the writers of this is a guy called Tom Snow, who <laughs> co-wrote Let's Hear It For The Boy. Nice. So that's some good pedigree. Denise Williams. Yeah. And it's got Andrew Gold on acoustic guitar, Jeff Beccaro on drums, and Steve Luthiker on guitar on this one. Now this song particularly reminds me of a particular soft rock song. Oh, does it? Well, I've got, I haven't got a... What, because of the chorus? Or? Missing you. Oh, really? Yes. Go on, wait. Yeah. Go, go back a minute, and you'll hear. Yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying. That synth beat that's in there. Listen. There. I'm not getting enough of it to convince me. Uh, see, uh, uh, you, you are picking that up, are you? I got that. See, I, I think the problem with this album in yeah. general, if, if we are going to have to say there's a problem with okay, it, yeah. right, um, it, you're at the end of the road for this genre, right? You are, you're, yeah, you are ringing, totally. you are wringing the last moisture out of the cloth of this genre, Absolutely, right? Yeah. Okay, and therefore a lot of the songs on here do sound like are reminiscent of better songs. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the chief criticisms. Of it is, it is, uh, you've run very much out of runway 
Sure. We're, you know, we've we've got ten years of it's echoes of better stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, we've we've gone out of we've gone out of you know kind of seventies rock, started added synths into things, and we've got the power ballad, and yeah. we've got all of those pop rock standards. Yeah, and you can't you know even with the team you've got on here, you haven't got the best songs that have been because they've been written. And like the team on here isn't a forward-looking team from no. 1991. This is a team from the 80s mm. coming together and doing stuff. But, but whilst that sounds, you know, whilst that is obviously sounds like a criticism, it also is praise as such because while some of these songs don't stand out as much as it, it, it's still an enjoyable experience. Well, I imagine for a lot of people, oh, no, I, totally. I I was in general. Totally fine with this album. There's yeah. a couple of ones that I was like, no. But it's... I imagine if you're in 1991 and you're a fan of stuff like, uh, you know, Robin Beck mm-hmm. and those... Belinda Carlisle was the one I got from this song, right? Big pop song, late 80s, where it's obvious and unchallenging. Yeah. This is comfort, this album. Mm-hmm. This is absolute comfort. But it doesn't do it for, for me on some of them that... Maybe I would have got something different if I'd been in that mind in 1991. I don't like this song at all. But I don't dislike it. I just don't like it. No, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I mean, I think, uh, what have I written down here? The, the, the backing vocals are super upfront in this one. They're mm. almost like, they're, they're almost like a chorus. Uh, yeah, almost at the same kind of point as the lead vocal at some point. Right. It's all. It's almost like a duet rather than a BV. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, not much to say about this song. To no. be honest with you, than, than I've already said. No, there, there's a, a kind of a, a big guitar comes in about halfway through again. But again, it's not enough to lift it out of the the just the bass level mm-hmm. that I have this put at. Yeah. No. Again, very much an album track for me. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Then should we skip on to number ten? Yep. When lovers become strangers. And this is the last Diane Warren song. song nice. On here. Lots of sad strings up yeah, front. Yeah. Very much like the start of uh, uh, Miss a Thing. Oh, yeah. Indeed it is. Yeah, Diane Warren also does backing vocals on this, actually, as well. I mean, this is the definition of a sparse ballad. Right. Throughout all the verse, yeah. I, I think this is a, this is probably my least favorite song on the album. I think this is uh, a bad song. Oh, I don't think this is a bad song. I think I, 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 I think it's I think this is a big lighters in the arena chorus. Yeah, I think this is this this is you know you've you've, you've probably had two or three big upfront bangers in a row. Mm-hmm. Everyone's kind of tired. There's a bit of a guitar change. Cher takes the front of the stage. She's very plaintive throughout this bit. Uh-huh. And it, yeah, Single spotlight. Yeah. And we start to build here. Yeah, I like that chorus, man. Oh, I don't. Oh, I really like that chorus. I think she's on board singing this. Oh, no, I see. I, I, I think this is a, 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 a reflective note. Right. I, think, I, think she's, I think she's deliberately not gone too histrionic on it. Well, it's not that sort of song. That's, that's oh, no, you, it fair could enough. go that way. I, think, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I, what I, I, a shame when I'm 
You could do it like that. I mean, you could totally push that out. I I think she's just shown a bit of restraint in it, just made a different choice. And I I think I like, well, I mean, I obviously like it a lot lot more than you do. You're saying you don't like it. No, I don't. Uh, This is absolutely my low point for the Uh, see, I I, 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 this is this is up there with my higher points. I I, I really like. I really like. Oh, I'm surprised at that. Okay. I I really like the chorus on this one. Okay. Interesting. Uh, the only other notes I've got is that the bass guitar is uh, by Randy Jackson, who apparently is a judge on American Idol. Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, but was also a session musician for years, and he played on some tracks like The Divinals, I Touch Myself, nice. and Bruce Springsteen's Human Touch. So nice. Touch songs, basically. For some reason, then, when you were saying Bruce Springsteen, I was hearing Bruce Willis. Oh, well, well, well he's much better, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Uh, <laughs> one of them's one of the greatest musical artists of the, uh, of the last 50 years, and the other one is Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> uh, I, I, maybe as well, one of the things was, because I was listening to this, you know, in a row, all the way through, one go, try and get it all in, and perhaps I was just ready for this album to be over at this point as well. I was mm-hmm. like, nah, I've had enough, I've enjoyed some bits of it, but... This is now gone too far. Fair enough, mate. Fair. Enough. I, I was, it, it left me cold, and I was like, "Nah, I'm done, done with this song." No, I enjoyed this one. Okay, okay. Um, so next one, then let's get into yeah. who you're gonna believe. Who you gonna believe? And it's this is, we've got we've kind of accidentally mentioned this to each other already. Yeah. But this sounds an awful lot like Hold the Line by yeah, Toto, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Funnily enough, it's got Jeff Ricaro on drums, Mike Ricaro on bass, and Steve Luthiger on guitar. And there he goes, wanking away. Yeah. And Gunnar Nelson, my back on this one again, by the way. On back and vocals. Yeah. But I mean, again, I don't know what. I don't know what else. I, I'm at the point now as well that I don't really have much else to say about this song that I haven't said about other songs. No, no, this is just one in yeah. of another one of the this, lot. This is an absolute. This is one of the more ridiculous ones mm-hmm. for some of its ex, extremities. One of the longer ones as well. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It is totally fine. But like I say, at this point, I was like, unless you're going to absolutely blow me away with something else. Yeah. I don't actually care. Yeah, I've had enough. Yeah, but yeah. indeed. And it's not a long album. It's only 45 minutes long. Yeah. I know, like you said, it did do its job in keeping it short on when it yeah. needed to. But by this point, I'm like, whatever. And yeah, I mean, how, and how long's the last song? The final song is because it's because obviously this oh uh, two minutes fifty so okay so this would be another this would be another three minutes short of this album anyway so this would be like a forty minute album essentially so, yeah that's true absolutely true yeah which is perfect length fits on the one side of the tape yeah and doesn't leave you going oh fuck well at least they could have got rid of two of them yeah exactly. yeah no for sure so okay, okay well, so yeah who you gonna believe no, nothing nothing special nothing special no uh, I, I it's one of those ones that I would. Definitely stop playing this album, you know, before this even came into yeah, the equation. Yeah, and, and I tell you, I'd fucking definitely stop it before this last track. <laughs> right, so in the track number twelve, the last one, Shoop Shoop song. Yeah. Look, right, stop this. Let's not do this to people. Look, this <laughs> this song can and always could fuck off. Oh, right, yeah. Even at the time. Oh, this yeah. song could just always fuck off, couldn't it? I. Because it was everywhere, mm-hmm. and it was this was released in April of ninety one, and it was number one for four weeks, I think, and it was ridiculously everywhere. I didn't like it at the time whatsoever. No. It annoyed me. I thought it was chintzy and mm-hmm. silly. Objectively, it's it's a good tune. 
I think it's a good oh, pop tune. I mean, I, I think it is, but I don't need to hear it ever again. I, I, see, I don't even think it's a good pop tune. Oh, I do. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think it's a novelty. Okay. Well, it, it's in in in, in its in it's, its the cheesier side of a sixties pop tune. Yeah. Yeah. And but it's. I don't know. I. <laughs> it's not quite my boy lollipop, but it's getting towards. It's it's like something from the Grease soundtrack. It's the, right. the, the you know. The, the inflection in the in the call and response backing vocal that they've chose uh-huh. that's a that's a choice that kind of really overblown musical esque kind of oh definitely well it is very much along those lines isn't yeah it? yeah you know it's uh, this is I, I I understand I understand that it's catchy I understand that it's it's poppy but mm. it's saccharine in the same way that hard knock life is to me and oh, un- okay. unpalatable in the same way I see no I, oh it's not as horrendous as that for me. But like, I don't need to hear. But it I mean, I t- I'll tell you what I can tell you though, because mm. I've because I've been listening to it for recording this. It's been stuck in my head like a fucking it is, it's cunt. A, yeah, like it really has. It is. It's one of those songs, and you know, that's why it was number one for so long, and it sold over half a million copies as a single in 1991. Yeah, uh, became one of the biggest selling singles by a female artist in Britain of the entire 1990s. Well, that's too that. much, isn't it? Uh, People are idiots. Fucking hell! It, it, this sold half a million copies in a single. But believe sold about a million copies on single, and, and that is a travesty. I mean, there is no accounting for the taste of the public. You're absolutely right. Absolutely dog shit. I don't mind this, and I understand obviously why it's on this album. They pinned it onto the end of this version of the album. This was never on the US release. No, it was only on the European one, and it shouldn't I'm, be on this album. It should. It doesn't fit, and all that stuff. But it will obviously have sold more, more copies. Yeah, I mean, it. it's, it's a purely, you know, uh, you know, kind of in the in this era of Spotify, I guess it's quite difficult to remember that art versus commerce argument. Yeah. But you know, this would have been worth fucking millions. Oh, definitely millions. If you, yeah, if you put out the version without this, it probably would have gone. It may be number one, but it wouldn't have stayed there, or yeah. it wouldn't have been sold. This this, thing, this this song is the reason why this album is number one for this amount of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Makes you wonder why they didn't put it on in the states, though. It wasn't a big hit in the states. Was it and not? No, it was, the single wasn't a big hit in the ah. States, and the film was a flop. Ah, okay. Yeah, there was apparently, whenever they made the video for this, before the film came out, they used loads of clips from the film in it. Mm-hmm. But then once the film was out of theatres and they realised people didn't like the film, yeah. they took all those clips out and it was just performance stuff. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Anyway, right. So look, let's draw a line under that. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's share. I mean, I think we've, I think we've summed up what we think of the album in the whole, in general. Yeah. As we've gone, I don't think we really need yeah. a great summation here. No, no. I enjoyed it more than I was thought I was going to yeah. going into it. I was yeah. very nervous, thinking we're going to have to just really slate another yeah. album. But yeah. no, wasn't wasn't a slog at all. No. It's, I mean, it's not a classic album. Oh fuck no! And I'm never going to put this album on again. Oh, of fuck course no, right? But I tell you what, right? Well, it does lead us to what we what uh, songs, songs for the playlist for the playlist. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. we're both agreed that we're going to have to go with uh, one small step. Absolutely, that is my top pick yeah. for that one. Yes. Yeah, I would also uh, go love and understanding. If you want to put it on, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah I, I think love and understanding okay. is great. Okay. Um, I, I think two is. I, I think I, I think we need any like more than two. Yeah. No. No, but the other ones, you know, the only other one I would put on would be the first one, and you didn't like that. No. And, and, I, and again, put another one on that I didn't like. Yeah. So, so no, let's leave it at two. 
Excellent. And be happy. Yeah, brevity is our friend. Um, anyway, guys, I hope you've enjoyed us listening to the show. I hope you've not lost all respect for us. Uh, <laughs> you got at least, you know, a tenth of it left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I did a very confessional show in Edinburgh, and I don't feel like I exposed myself <laughs> no. anywhere near as, as much as I have during this podcast. Uh, guys, get in contact. Call us arseholes. Call us whatever you want to. Yeah. Um, we will be back uh, next week next with... With Metallica's Black Album. i uh, never heard of them. No, well, well yeah. they, one hit wonder. Yeah, of course. The yeah, black gonna, album, you yeah, say. Man. Better listen to that then. Yeah, that's what I bet you could do without even playing it. I could do it now. Game. Yeah, exactly. Could do it right now. Right. Well, that's next week. That's what we're going to do. Anyway, guys, thank you for joining us. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We are on Twitter, at PCL Podcast, on Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCL Music Podcast at gmail.com. 